Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. On this podcast, rather than reviewing movies in terms of two thumbs up, two thumbs down, loved it or hated it, we look at them to discover what we can learn from them as screenwriters. We look at good movies and bad movies, movies that we loved and movies that we hated. This podcast is provided totally free and with no outside advertising. So if you enjoy it, please share with your friends and write us a review on iTunes. It really makes a difference. For a full transcript, please visit our website, writeyourscreenplay.com. This week, we're going to do a little blast from the past by revisiting Christopher Nolan's Inception. Having just seen Get Out at the theaters, which I'm going to be discussing in next week's podcast, and which deals pretty brilliantly with the themes of race within a big genre movie, but also deals pretty crappily with the concept of hypnosis, I wanted to look at a movie that looks at hypnosis in a truly profound way, and in fact builds its structure around hypnotic concepts. All movies are hypnotic, and the best screenplays actually hypnotize their readers on the page, allowing them to forget that they're reading, just like you do when you read a great book, and instead actually start to see, hear, and feel every moment in the script in that little movie screen in their heads. This means that all screenwriters are actually hypnotists. Some are just a heck of a lot better at it than others. Which means that if you want to succeed as a writer, you're really going to benefit from understanding some basic hypnotic concepts. Because your job is to help your readers, many of whom are not naturally creative people and who, quite frankly, are usually bored to tears reading scripts, to slip into a creative state and be able to effortlessly and viscerally experience your movie as if it was real without having to supply any of that creativity themselves, without having to work so darn hard. If you've taken our Write Your Screenplay classes at Jacob Kruger Studio, you know that this is the real purpose of formatting, not laying out your script in a grammatically correct way, but laying it out in a way that induces that hypnotic trance for your reader. Lowering the barrier between fantasy and reality so that they can experience your story as if it were real. And if you've taken our Write Your Screenplay Level 2 classes or ProTrack, you also know that structure is actually a hypnotic concept, a way of building fictional moments in a way that takes this character and the audience on a real transformative journey. Though almost all successful writers apply these concepts subconsciously, you won't find them in most screenwriting books or the average screenwriting school. I actually learned about them from my mom. Audrey Sussman, who's a brilliant hypnotherapist and who specializes in anxiety and writer's block and other creative issues. And she was really the person who taught me everything that I know about hypnosis, not as a way of changing my writing, but as a way of shaping my creative and psychological life so that I could become the person that I wanted to be. But as I moved into my professional career as a writer, I was able to apply many of these concepts to my writing with really powerful results. So before I share that gift with you, I want to take a moment to give a shout out to my mom. And if you're curious about working with her or learning more about how hypnosis can change your real world life, shoot her an email at askdraudrey at gmail.com. So let's talk about the hypnotic basis of Inception. One of the really interesting things about Inception is that its structure is actually based 
upon the principles of hypnosis. In fact, the organizing principles of the dream within a dream within a dream structure of the film almost perfectly mirror the classical hypnosis training you'd receive during a basic hypnosis certification class. Why is this important to you as a writer? Well, because we as writers all need organizing principles around which to structure our character's journey. Usually, we think of such structures in terms of acts and themes and scenes, but as Inception demonstrates, the truth is that almost any source of inspiration can become the organizing principle of your story. A question, a character trait, a work of art, or a piece of music, or in this case, even a classical hypnosis certification class. As writers, we are not only students of screenwriting, we are also students of the world. And the good news is, you can utilize the hypnotic principles behind Inception, not only to inspire the way you create the structure of your own movies, but also to open up new avenues towards building your life as a writer. So today, I'm going to be discussing the hypnotic principles behind Inception and ways of applying them to your own writing. I'll also be describing ways that you can draw upon your own experiences to create organizing principles for your own movies and to harness those ideas to create unity for your script and profound journeys for your main characters. Finally, we'll be discussing ways that you can apply hypnotic principles to your life as a writer in order to break the writer's block, heal old wounds to your confidence, overcome procrastination, and create a better relationship between your writing and your editing brain. So first, let's talk a bit about hypnosis, both what it is and what it isn't. As much as movies like Get Out and stage hypnosis shows would like you to think that hypnosis is about mind control, the truth is exactly the opposite. Just like the techniques used on the dreamers in Inception, hypnosis can't be used to make you do something you don't want to do or something that doesn't fit your belief systems. But it can be hugely effective in helping you do the things that you do want to do, but for some inexplicable reason simply can't. That's because hypnosis is really a way of connecting to your subconscious mind. The part of your mind that controls your emotions, your nervous system, your instincts, your creativity, and yes, also your writing. Weekend certifications in hypnosis generally begin with a three-step technique. The subject is brought three steps down into their subconscious mind, at which point a post-hypnotic suggestion for the desired change is put into place. The subject is then brought three steps back up, and once they leave trance, if it's done right, which is challenging, the subconscious mind will accept the new suggestion as real, and their life starts to change around it. You've probably figured out by now that this corresponds almost perfectly with the three dreams down, three kicks up technique that the characters in Inception use to convince their subject, Robert Fisher, to break up his father's company. Just as the architecture of Robert's dream sequence in Inception is built around the people, the image systems, and the beliefs that Robert holds most dear, so too a three-step hypnotic technique is built around the most resonant images for the person being hypnotized. As writers, we begin our process by getting to know our characters, or better said, by connecting to the characters that already reside within our subconscious minds. The metaphors for the many parts of our own personalities that we're exploring on the page as we write. 
Similarly, a hypnotherapist begins their work by getting to know the metaphors, the image, and the belief systems that resonate for their subject. For this reason, a classical hypnotic session using this kind of approach begins with an interview, during which the hypnotist gathers images that have emotional power to the person being hypnotized. For example, if you are using this method to help a blocked writer pick up the pen after a long period of procrastination, you might begin with images that are not even related to writing, but which capture some of the emotions that person wishes they had when they were writing. The hypnotist would then induce a trance in the person, creating a dreamlike journey, a series of three images, three steps down into hypnosis, and three images, three steps back up in which each image leads them deeper into trance and closer to the transformation they're searching for, just like a dream within a dream. With each step down, the value of the image is established, and with each step back up, the meaning of each image is deepened and adapted, associating that image with the change the person is seeking and anchoring that change on a deep subconscious level as if it had already happened. This is the power of images. Movies are built around images because movies are hypnotic. They carry us out of our own world and they transport us into the dream world of the writer. Each sequence of images leads us deeper into trance until we begin to respond to the movie as if it were real. Feeling real emotions for characters that we know don't actually exist. We cry for losses that never happened, feel embarrassed for social gaffes that never actually occurred. Our hearts race as if we were standing in the character's shoes, as if their fear were our fear, or their love our love. We root for them, we care for them, and we begin to care about their image systems as if they were our own. When Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Cobb, sees his children but cannot see their faces, we begin to long for their reunion just as he does. And when those children turn around and reveal their faces to him, it's hard to fight the rush of emotion. So here's the question. Are you getting the most out of your images? As a writer, you can use the three-step hypnotic process to craft a pretty profound journey for your character. Think about the images that most powerfully capture your character's experience on the way down towards the heart of their journey and how you can return to those images in new ways on the way back up in order to anchor and deepen the change your character is experiencing. And while you're at it, think about the hypnotic images that play in your own head as a writer. What images do you choose to focus on? What images are holding you back? And how can you revisit, deepen, and adapt those images in order to anchor the future that you are seeking? Whatever images you choose, if you get them right, your subconscious mind will respond to them as if they were real, just like you do at the movies. The following is an example of how this technique could be utilized to help a writer break through writer's block by constructing a three-step sequence of images with emotional resonance to the writer. So first, we're going to go three steps down. For example, if the writer loved the water, the first image might be of them floating in the ocean, feeling incredibly free. The temperature of the water is exactly the temperature that is right. And as they float along, it feels like the water is caressing their skin. 
In the distance, there's a dolphin splashing effortlessly through the water. The dolphin dives deeper into the water, and they find themselves longing to dive down with that dolphin. This image would lead them to the next sequence, just like a dream within a dream. Again, working with images that have emotional resonance to the writer. So if they loved children, we might bring them to a scene at a playground. Watching a young child playing happily, creating dream worlds full of magic and creativity. So carefree and playful, completely in touch with their most creative part, just as the writer once was. The child invites the writer to join them. This image would then lead to the next dream within the dream. The third level down into the writer's subconscious and the third step closer to the transformation they are seeking. Perhaps they find themselves in a magical forest where they are approached by someone they completely trust. This could be a religious figure like the Buddha or Jesus or mother or a father or a teacher that they believe in. This teacher leads them to a special place, a cave, a clearing, a secret room or chamber just for them. And inside this secret place is an old leather-bound book in which the secret they need to bring about their transformation is written. All they have to do is read the words, and they will already be transformed. Those words are the post-hypnotic suggestion, the key to change, which the subconscious mind will act upon and accept. Just as in Inception, the hypnotist doesn't even need to create the suggestion. They simply need to create the book. And the subconscious mind will populate it with the suggestion it most needs right now. In fact, you might have even found that your subconscious mind provided a suggestion for you. So now we're going to go three steps back up. Once the post-hypnotic suggestion is delivered, the hypnotist brings the writer three steps back up using different versions of the same images to anchor the suggestion and project a positive future for the subconscious mind in which the person can experience the positive results of the change that they have made as if those results had already occurred. So taking the previous example, as the writer exits that special place where the book was hidden, they can already feel how the secret contained in that book has transformed them. As they find themselves in the magical forest, it's like looking through new eyes. Everything is so alive and magical. It's like there's a story in every branch, every leaf, every sound. Stories the writer is curious to explore and excited to tell. Their curiosity then carries them back once again to the playground, where they find themselves playing with the child recapturing that childlike bliss that writing has always held for them and always will if they merely take the step today to open themselves to it. As they see the child's smiling face, they recognize that face as a younger version of their own. 
At that moment, something shifts inside of them, some inner knowing, as they realize what that means. Ask that child, that younger self, if they would like to see the great future that lies ahead, and they discover themselves back in that ocean, only this time the adult and the child swim together with that dolphin, effortless, happy, free. The dolphin dives, and the writer and the child dive with him, together, swimming all the way to the bottom, where they discover a magical reflecting pool, in which they can see their own future. And reflected in that pool, writer and child see the future that lies before them, the days of satisfaction as they work on their screenplay, the eager scribbling of endless ideas, a friend or a trusted mentor guiding them, the completion of their first script, and then their next, and their next, and their next, a crowded movie theater in which a movie plays their movie, the one that's been waiting inside them just begging to be written down. They can hear the applause of the audience, the laughter, or maybe even the tears. They can feel the pride welling up within them. How did I get here? asks the child. We did it together, the writer tells the child. And it all began with the step we took today. If you've listened to this script, you already have some sense of how the hypnotic process works. If the suggestions were right for you, you may have even seen yourself in that ocean, in that playground, in that magical forest, or in that secret room. You may have discovered your own post-hypnotic suggestion waiting in your own book, or simply felt the feeling of knowing, even if you no longer remember the words. And if these suggestions were right for you, with them, you've already taken the first step of becoming the writer you want to be. The images I use in this script are drawn from Jungian archetypes, but of course, these images take on even more hypnotic power when they're shaped directly from your own symbolic systems, your own beliefs, and your own dreams. It should be obvious by now that Christopher Nolan's screenplay, Inception, is deeply rooted in these principles. Learning more about these principles may not only change the way you approach your own writing, but also help you understand new ways that you can break through writer's block and build the writer's life you've been seeking. So let's talk about the post-hypnotic suggestion. Just like the idea in Inception that Robert Fisher's father really loved him, a post-hypnotic suggestion is an idea delivered in deep trance that the subconscious mind accepts as if it were true. Post-hypnotic suggestions are incredibly powerful in that when they're done right... They become anchored in your consciousness and begin to bring about real-life changes in your everyday reality. As suggested in Inception, these post-hypnotic suggestions only work if certain conditions are met. Number one, they have to be in alignment with your beliefs. In other words, you can't incept a kind person to be violent, even though you can incept a person who desperately wants to write to take action. Number two, the person needs to choose to accept the suggestion. This is why post-hypnotic suggestions are more likely to work if they're given by someone you trust, such as a respected teacher or a great hypnotist or a person you can depend on. In the case of Inception, Eames masquerades as Peter Browning, the one person Robert truly believes in, to surreptitiously deliver the post-hypnotic suggestion in a way that Robert can accept. 
Number three, the suggestions and the dream images used to get the person to them need to be phrased in the right way for that particular person using their own language and their own symbolic systems. The magic book used in the hypnotic script that you just experienced is one of the many ways of delivering a post-hypnotic suggestion. Just as the classical three-step model is only one of the many, many ways of using hypnosis to bring about a profound change. So let's talk about how you are incepting yourself, because the truth is you're delivering post-hypnotic suggestions to yourself every single day in the words you say to yourself and in the soundtrack running in your head. And these suggestions can be even more powerful than the one a hypnotist provides, because you're saying them to yourself every day. And because they're already perfectly aligned with your belief systems, they come from a person you trust, yourself, and they're perfectly phrased in the way that only you can say them. In fact, modern hypnosis has moved away from the classical approach upon which inception is based. In favor of a new, lighter trance approach in which the hypnotherapist helps the subject create their own suggestion, rather than taking on one that's created externally. Because it's arrived at organically, it has much more staying power and taps directly into the instincts and intuition of the subject. Just as the organic approach we teach to structure here at the studio develops more powerful stories because it taps into the instincts and intuition of the writer rather than imposing someone else's structure from outside. So if post-hypnotic suggestions really are this powerful, are so transformative as suggested by Inception, that a person like Cobb's wife, Mal, will continue to accept them as truth, even if they're not literally true. If they're so powerful that a person like Robert Fisher can heal his whole relationship with his abusive father based on a simple thought, then it's worth asking yourself, what are the post-hypnotic suggestions that you're giving yourself about your writing? And what effect are they having on your writing life? So, you now understand the three-step structure used in classical hypnosis to hypnotically bring about a change. Similarly, the structure of the film Inception also takes three steps down and then three kicks back up to plant the post-hypnotic suggestion of breaking up his father's company in Robert Fisher's mind. The film begins in conscious reality, or at least what seems like conscious reality. Robert Fisher is in a plane and Cobb builds trust with him by returning his lost passport before inducing trance in a very non-hypnosis way by drugging Robert and entering his dream. The first step down is to a secret safe. Robert finds himself in what he thinks is Los Angeles, where he's taken hostage by Cobb's crew. Eames impersonates the family friend, Peter Browning, and convinces Robert that he's been tortured for the combination to Robert's father's secret safe, a combination that only Robert knows. In the safe is his father's last gift for Robert, a secret will that splits up the company. At this first step, Robert's doubt of his father is so intense that even in a dream, he can't believe Browning's story. Even on his deathbed, Robert's father only had one word to share with him disappointed. Ultimately, the numbers need to be extracted at random from Robert's subconscious before Robert can be put back to sleep for the next step down. So the second step down is Browning's secret. At the Los Angeles Hotel, Robert meets Cobb, who tells him that he's dreaming and that he's there to protect him. 
once again using Eames' skills of impersonation, they trick Robert into suspecting Browning, convincing him that Browning staged the kidnapping in an effort to prevent Robert from accepting his father's challenge to break up the company. This experience begins to cast doubt upon the story Robert has been telling himself about Browning and about his father, and to shift his trust from one to the other. Desperate to understand, Robert enters what he believes to be Browning's dream. As Robert is put back to sleep in the hotel room, he finds himself at the third step down, the father's secret. Robert attempts to infiltrate the snow fortress, which he believes holds the secrets of Browning's mind. After Mal's untimely appearance and after a brief misadventure in limbo, he's rescued by Cobb and Ariadne and returned to the inner chamber of the fortress. Inside, he discovers himself alone with his father at that very same sickbed where his father once expressed his devastating feelings about Robert in one painful word, disappointed. Because I wasn't you, Robert completes his father's words, sadly sharing the story that he's been telling himself about what his father is saying. No, his father corrects him. Disappointed that you tried. And at that moment, everything changes for Robert, and he is finally ready to open the safe. And of course, in that safe is the post-hypnotic suggestion. From the moment Robert's story changes, so too does every element of the way his subconscious mind perceives the world. And that's why when he opens the safe, what he finds is not just the will, but a symbol of his father's love. The old pinwheel from the photo that Robert has always carried with him, his last memory of a loving relationship with his father. And with that pinwheel comes the healing that Robert so desperately needs. Whether the story is true or not, it's just like the book in the hypnotic script that you experienced. The structure is provided by the hypnotist, or in writing terms, by the writer. But the suggestion, the meaning, the theme is put together by the subject, by the audience. To create a powerful change, whether it's emotional or political, the writer must lead the audience structurally to where we want them to go and give them the structure they need to put the pieces together in their own way, to supply their own meaning, the meaning that they need to create a change in their own life. As you saw in the hypnotic script we used earlier, in classical hypnosis, at this point, a hypnotist would return the client to each level of the dream, allowing them to see how the new story they've accepted will forever change those images and building towards an even more powerful moment of healing, which anchors the larger change the person is seeking. To some degree, Christopher Nolan does this as well in Inception, for example, by allowing the snow fortress and with it the secret that was once kept from Robert to collapse. But for the most part, Nolan is basically reducing that three steps back up to a series of three kicks. Fisher and the team falling with the collapsing snow fortress, Arthur blowing up the weightless elevator in the hotel, and Yusuf crashing the van into the water. But even though Robert, the character, doesn't go through each of the steps back up, as an audience, we experience the whole journey, witnessing each step down from a new perspective as we race back up towards consciousness. From a character perspective, this makes a lot of sense. Because ultimately, 
Robert may not be the only one dreaming. Just as Inception is built through a dream within a dream structure, it may also contain an Inception within an Inception. Just as Robert is being incepted to break up his father's company, so too is Cobb being incepted to take a leap of faith. He's the one we truly care about, in whose transformation we are most deeply invested, and through whose dream architecture we actually experience the story of Inception. So is Robert Fisher the only one dreaming? The spinning top at the end of Inception certainly leaves us wondering if Cobb is awake or simply at another level of his own dream. The question doesn't have a clear answer. However, the evidence that Cobb may in fact be dreaming goes far beyond the last image of the movie. The most obvious evidence that Cobb may be dreaming is the dream logic that seems omnipresent in his affairs. Cobb's big problem, for example, that he needs to get back to America to see his kids only really makes sense within the dream logic world of the movie. Because in real life, of course, Michael Caine could simply put those kids back on a plane to Europe and Cobb could see them without performing any inception whatsoever. Similarly, in the real world, executives don't buy entire airlines before even finding out they need a plane. Nor can a simple phone call from a high-powered foreign executive forever clear the name of a man wanted for murder. It's possible that all of this could be dismissed as sloppy action movie writing. And perhaps it is. However, within the context of the film, even Mao points out the problem of Cobb's dream logic. When she confronts him with the fact that Cobb's real world is a lot like a dream. In which he's being hunted by governments, corporations, and mercenaries, just like a persecuted dreamer. Mao's disturbing words raise the possibility that all of the characters in his world are, in fact, simply archetypal projections of his own subconscious, filling up the architecture of the dream that he's constructed, just like the writer's characters fill up the architecture of our own dreams. What makes Mal's theory most compelling is the way that the post-hypnotic suggestion with which she wants to incept him to take a leap of faith are repeated again and again and again by different characters inside of Cobb's dream. In the same way that a great writer, as a great hypnotist, will hit the same theme again and again and again through different characters in order to help the audience create their own post-hypnotic suggestion of meaning for their experience. So too do the characters in Inception approach the same theme of take a leap of faith from one angle after another. These words are first spoken by Saito when Cobb, believing himself to be living in reality, asks for a guarantee that he's going to be able to clear his name if he effectively carries out the inception. Saito responds, you don't, but I can. So do you want to take a leap of faith or become an old man filled with regret, waiting to die alone? But these words, take a leap of faith, they did not originate with Sato. They originated with Cobb. They're the words with which he incepted Mal when he convinced her to lay down on the railroad tracks. The words which she repeats to him as she tries to get him to jump from the building. The words she carries out in action when she jumps without him. An image which is echoed by the completion of Robert Fisher's journey when he and Ariadne get their first kick back to reality by jumping from the top of the building in limbo. 
Even the post-hypnotic suggestion with which Cobb intends to incept Fisher is a variation on this theme, an invitation to take a leap of faith in his father and to believe that his father has taken a leap of faith in him. Finally, in classical hypnotic form, these words come full circle when Cobb repeats them back to Saito after chasing him all the way to limbo to deliver the message to his friend. Take a leap of faith. In this way, Cobb comes to accept and internalize his own post-hypnotic suggestion, just as Mal has internalized the suggestion that Cobb incepted in her, and just as Robert Fisher has internalized the suggestion Cobb has incepted in him. The question, of course, is whether the leap of faith he's intended to take is a leap from a building or a leap of the mind, in which he chooses one reality over another and accepts those children as real, whether they really are or not. So here's the question. Can the words you tell yourself really change your life? You're walking down the street. You see a crack in the road ahead of you. You visualize yourself stumbling over it. Imagine the embarrassment of people watching you fall. A little voice starts up in your head. Don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. What happens? You trip. If you want to understand why, try telling a child, don't look through that window, or telling yourself, don't imagine the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. It's almost impossible, right? That's because your subconscious mind is just like a child. It ignores don'ts entirely and accepts only the positive parts of your suggestions. Look through that window. Imagine the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. What you conjure becomes a reality. Because when you combine the words trip, 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 trip that your subconscious mind hears, the image that flashes in your mind of yourself tripping, and the genuine feelings of embarrassment that come with that image that has not yet occurred. And suddenly, those words aren't just words anymore. They're a post-hypnotic suggestion delivered with all the power of the most convincing hypnotist in the world. You. At this point, to the subconscious mind, these words exist as if they'd already happened, as if they were already true, as if they were unavoidable. As unavoidable as Mal thinking her life wasn't real once the post-hypnotic suggestion was planted in her mind by a person she trusted, using the image systems that they had created together. As unavoidable as Robert Fisher finally feeling free of the burden of his father's disappointment, once the inception of the post-hypnotic suggestion of his father's love was completed. As unavoidable as Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Cobb, accepting those kids as real, whether they actually are or not. To your subconscious mind, there is absolutely no difference between what actually happened and the story you tell about it. Deliver the message in the right way and the subconscious mind will react as if it were true regardless of the facts. Just like an audience will react with real emotion to your fictional stories, carrying both your character's journeys and the message underneath them into their real-world lives. Sounds pretty scary, right? Until you realize that the truth of your true experiences is not necessarily true. That in fact, the post-hypnotic suggestions that you are giving to yourself are just stories like any other stories. And as storytellers, we can choose the kind of tales we want to believe based on the same objective facts. 
Five people witness a car crash, and afterwards, each presents an entirely different story of what happened, even though they all saw the same thing. The facts don't change. The only thing that changes is the perception of those facts. Just as a writer can make small changes in the execution of a script, adjust the value of a scene within a movie, so too can you adjust the stories that you tell yourself about the events in your life to completely change the value of what those events mean to you. So the questions become not what's true, but what story are you telling yourself about the truth? In Robert Fisher's inception, the father has been cruel to the son. These are the objective facts, but they're not the end of the story. The process of the movie doesn't change the objective facts, just like hypnosis doesn't change the objective facts of your life. It merely changes the story the son is telling himself about his father. It changes the story from my father is disappointed in me to my father believes in me and is trying to inspire me to pave my own way. Same facts, different story. It's not reality that changes his life. It's the story he's telling himself about it. Similarly with Mal's inception, after accepting a post-hypnotic suggestion from her husband, Mal tells herself the story that her life isn't real and plunges to her death, losing the beautiful relationship she and Cobb have created together. It doesn't matter whether the story she's telling herself is right or wrong. What matters is that she believes it. And of course, the person incepting himself most powerfully throughout Inception may be Cobb himself. At each step of the journey, three steps down and three steps back up, someone tells Cobb to take a leap of faith. And by the end of the movie, he finally does by telling Mal that she isn't real, killing off the part of her he's holding on to and taking a leap of faith back to his old life. Cobb tells himself that his relationship with his children is real and gets to enjoy it as if it were, whether the top is still spinning or not. Once again, it's not reality that changes Cobb's life, but the stories he's telling himself about it. And of course, the same is true with the stories you tell yourself about your writing. What if you chose to tell yourself that you were really a writer? What if you chose to believe that the dream was real? What step would you take to chase it today? If you've enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to take a leap of faith in yourself. Check out our upcoming screenwriting workshops at writeyourscreenplay.com or our full two-hour Inception seminar at writeyourscreenplay.com slash Inception. And take the first step towards being the writer you know yourself to be today. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Again, we make this podcast available totally free and with no outside advertising. So if it was helpful for you, please do share it with your friends, subscribe to us on iTunes, and write us a review. It really does make a big difference. You can also get a complete transcript of this podcast on our website, writeyourscreenplay.com. And if you'd like to study with me in New York City, online, on one of our international retreats, or one-on-one as part of our ProTrack mentorship program, you can learn more on our website. That's writeyourscreenplay.com. <laughs>